Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Idle Thoughts. I'm your host, Damien Bishop, and today I'd like to talk about a foundational idea. The fact that a man is a weapon. You see, uh, back in Paleolithic days, guys were designed to, uh, <clears throat> to go out to hunt, to gather resources, to kill things, and to be strong enough to carry those things back. Back to the nest, back to the home, whichever that may be. When uh, a lot of that means nothing to the average person. But when you think about specific things, such as uh, a male's attractive feature to a woman is our pecs, our chest. One of the big things that makes a chest you know, bigger is... Uh, when you carry a weight, say 30, 40, 50 pounds, at waist level, do that for about 20 or 30 minutes. You're going to feel it in your chest. It, it, your chest size is going to double, I swear, after the first week or two of adding that to your uh, regimen. Trust me on that. <clears throat> With that basis, a guy is designed to do a couple of things. We grow muscle mass very quickly. We have an abundance of energy, physically speaking, and uh, we tend to problem solve. Logical, point A to point B, problem solve. Call that mathematical logic, call that craftsmanship. I... Uh, I don't have a broad term or label for the form of male intelligence I'm referring to. Not that women cannot do math, not that women can't do crafting. <sighs> Such limitations make talking about the ideas hard. So, so guys get big when we have room to move on a regular basis. Uh, football players, especially if you grew up doing football, you tend to be bigger than most other guys. There's a reason behind that. There's a reason why in the military, they get you all to shout together in one big mass, one formation. It uh, not only causes solidarity among the troop, but, by being loud and explosive like that, you are activating centers in your body and your neurological pathways and your brain to activate, to localize, and to increase your size, your level of aggression, uh, a bunch of good military-level things. They want that to happen. Uh, it's also why they have you work out all the freaking time. A guy who is not strong, a guy who cannot defend himself, is not a guy that is respected because you are not a threat. Which goes into 
when a guy walks down the street, naturally, he's going to look out for other guys that pose a threat to him. If they do not pose a threat, they are invisible. It's some beta male, whatever the modern colloquial is. You can ignore him because not only can you overcome him easy, you don't expect him to cause any problems because he can see you can overcome him easily. However, another guy, say your size, bigger, more muscle, tattoos, a beard. Beard is a symbol of authority. Did you know that? It's a maturity thing. <clears throat> Sorry. Attention deficit disorder. It's hard to stay focused on the actual topic at hand. And since this is my first real podcast, just please, 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 please bear with me. So you see another guy on the street, tattoos, massive muscles, he's a foot taller than you. You are not going to want to start a fight with him. Unless you're a little guy who learned how to be very vicious in the fight, you don't want to deal with the bigger guy. It, it's just a natural thing at this point in our uh, collective anthropological development. When it comes to women, either they are beautiful and attractive and awesome and you want to approach them, or they're not. And essentially, they are just other people you interact with and or invisible. You don't expect a woman to just come up to you and start throwing down. And even then, there are levels of escalation that guys naturally adhere to. Normally, it goes something like this. Hey, man, what's going on? I thought you'd be there tonight. Other guy gets offended. He escalates. No, man, that thing is stupid, man. Why do I gotta go? First guy goes, well, man, and he lifts a finger and he points at the other dude's chest. You're supposed to ba 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 And if the other guy doesn't submit or uh, bow out, you know, does not accept what is being put upon him, then uh, he escalates and it leads to a shove. And the shove is generally what starts the fight. It is a natural progression of male interaction. Another thing that schoolyards seem to have forgotten is when you get into a fight, you know, one kid gets knocked down, one guy falls down. That's how a fight ends, naturally. And then... The other guy, the one who won, puts down his hand and helps the other guy up. Those two kids are going to be best of friends from then on. Instead, what happens today is school will get in the middle of it, split them up, and let the feud continue. 
they do not allow a resolution. And the natural resolution of that is actually quite beneficial. I'm not talking about the really big kid picking on the small, socially awkward outcast. I'm talking about two guys of near equal footing getting into a fight and one helping the other guy up. Those two guys are going to be friends. They're going to be good friends for almost all their lives unless something terrible happens. From a young age, boys are always going to have an abundance of excess energy. And what that means for them is they're not going to be able to sit still for long periods of time listening to uh, someone drone on about topics they don't care about or yet understand. Don't get me wrong, there are always exceptions to every rule. Generally speaking, though, boys want to go out and play. They're going to roughhouse. They're going to drop toys and stuff's going to go down. From these early days, boys are always going to be looking to learn how to get better at fighting until they are at least competent that they can hold their own for a time against another equal-sized man or boy. It is as natural as breathing. It is part of male development. After a time, uh, boys grow up and they will grow out of looking to get into a fight. By the time a guy is 40, he's going to definitely take the high road, the peaceful approach to things. One, because his uh, level of regenerative ability has stopped at the age of 25, I think it is. And he has reached the second stage of his body life cycle, which is, you know, middle age. He does not want to get into physical confrontations because when he gets into those, He's not going to bounce back. So naturally, older men are going to not want to get into fights. But by that time, they're so, they should be good enough at fighting that any small young punk is going to just get batted around. Modern society, for whatever reason, does not want these things to happen. But then again, society today does not design systems around human, natural human development. They try to force things down our throat, and when it doesn't work, they get upset and go, Oh, the Star Wars fans, they don't like what we did. They're just misogynist, nitpicky buttheads. Or, you know... The last Star Wars movie was based entirely on emotional beats rather than any world-building or sustainable long-term rationale. <clears throat> Again, sorry, trying to stay on topic. It's, uh, it's a skill I need to develop. So, guys have an abundance of energy. We naturally have to put down boundaries. Because to keep ourselves and others safe, because, you know, just because you're not looking for a fight doesn't mean some butthead out there doesn't have the natural predilection to put himself upon you. 
it is then your responsibility to put that guy into his place. In Milwaukee, you'll often see young black men who are walking around shirtless looking for a fight. It is an indoctrination to get into the gangs where they have a false sense of masculinity. It's a thing. When the guy rolls up on you and tries to throw down, or just walks up to you and smacks you in the face, if you don't put him in his place, if you don't smack him down, you're not stopping him. You're not teaching him the lesson, don't mess with me, and you probably shouldn't be doing this. It's... One of the reasons why I don't respect white people is that they have too much of a reliance on their overall system to the point where in the middle of getting their butt whooped by some guy on the street, they will call for help. They will try and get attention of a police officer, which I trust you will not be there. And when they get the snot kicked out of them and their wallet is grabbed, they will call the cops who will show up five to 30 to two hours later to go, okay, I'm going to file a report, but, you know, really, there's not much we can do. The guy's long gone. We probably won't see him. We'll raise a alarm awareness of this individual for the next 24 hours but if we don't find them in that time frame this case is going to go into the backlog sorry so these beta men who cannot defend themselves who are so over reliant on the defense of others for someone else to step in these are not men. They may be men in the sense of smart, intellectual people that know enough of either a trade or a topic to be considered a tutor or a mentor, but they are not exactly men. A man can be, a man can be a teacher, a soldier, a father, a teacher cannot just be a man. It, it's one does not fit the other. One is the over-encompassing umbrella that fits on different suits, different ideas, different mantles. Sure, but you are a man first. A teacher, a soldier, a father second. If you are a good man, you'll be a good teacher, soldier, father. That is 100% what men do. We fall into those easily. <sighs> All right. So now that I've covered a lot of specific topics, the f let me go into the overarching foundational idea here. The fact that a man must be good, or at least competent, in defending himself. That this is part of the experience, that it is to be male. 
no matter what age, time frame, or designation you are. That means at any given point, we should have the response of being capable of causing harm with weapons, without weapons. We are the weapon. A man is a weapon. That is why we respond to things like duty, respect, honor. Core values that, as far as I understand, are only really relegated to the male experience. Some snot-nosed accountant who has never gotten into a fight in his life has to work around the law to get ahead. I mean, everyone has to go around the law to get ahead, but that's not my point. A sniveling, snot-nosed accountant or similar weak archetype is going to have trouble when dealing with actual men who can hold themselves, hold themselves with good regard, competent in defending themselves, they enter a room and they are a threat, at least to the other guys. Women, well, women have their own defense structures. If you harm a woman, every guy in the room is going to be upset with you. Their, the hair on their hackles will rise and they will step forth and they will put you in the pound town. Unless you put them in the pound town, because hurting women is wrong. That is part of the duty and respect that guys are all about. Women have privilege. Their power is not where a man's power is. Male power is being recognized in our titles, in what we can do. From what I understand of people who talk game, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if a girl loves you. She's never really going to love you. She's going to love the idea of you. The fact that you make oh so much money, you can provide oh so much, you, you sort of look good, and how popular you are. How well regarded you are by those around you or near you. That is what a girl goes after. The fact she thinks you're cute or, you know, you have emotions or feelings, that's secondary. I have found that every time I open up and talk about my problems openly and be vulnerable with a girl, I am suddenly lowered in her eyes. Because that's not what she's after. She's not after... A human being. She's after the idea of a person. Which goes into my theory that women have a narrative. And if you feed that narrative, you will succeed. If you don't feed into that narrative, you will be ignored. It is a running theory. Well, there I go on tangents that don't relate to why men are weapons. 
Right. I, I really need Ritalin or something. Can someone get me some extra serotonin and Ritalin? Maybe some CBD oil? Ugh. <clears throat> right. So a man must be capable to do harm or to defend others from harm. We respect the idea of a man of action. We also respect a man who can make things by his hands. These are basics. These are foundational ideas we need to work with, that every man is a weapon. Because we have the power to hurt, to enforce, and to press upon, or to defend and to attack, we must be responsible with what we are and what we can do. Just because I can break your knee, twist your arm behind your back, and crack you in the head several times with my elbow, doesn't mean I won't take the alternate route. But it needs to be in my back pocket because that is a lot of where a male's power is. Look at cops today. There are too many stories of cops answering violence with superior violence. And yet we complain about violence perpetuating. It doesn't solve anything because... You're responding with the absolute before working the soft skills. It's why British police officers will always be superior to American because they go through three years of social training rather than three months of physical conditioning for combat. That's the difference. Guys, we don't develop our social skills Really, we don't develop our, um, we don't enter the social theater until we're 25. After 25, between 25 and 30, when our prefrontal cortex comes online, we simply, <sighs> we're very base and simple creatures, ultimately. But between 25 and 30, we learn socially at three times the rate. It's the transition from boy to a middle-aged boy. Which, allow me to explain my distinction there. No one is born and becomes a man. It is not a matter of growth, physically speaking. It is a matter of social development and social maturity. Just because you are a 45-year-old boy that goes to the bars all the time, makes vulgar jokes, farts on cats, or whatever have you, does not mean you're a man. If you're 45 years old and you know how to conduct yourself, you know the principles and foundations unto which that you work. I'd say you have a good foundation of being 
a man. And it's not a one-day thing. It is a philosophy, a lifestyle. One of the things I'd like to put out there is you don't give women shit, but you don't take none either. I find that girls who succeed in insulting a guy's penis, his wiener, his uh, member, girls who succeed at that go through a quick moment of, huh, I guess it is. And it clicks in their head and suddenly to them, your penis is small. And it doesn't matter how big it really is. You did not defend yourself. You allowed yourself to be labeled as such. Everyone talks about testosterone like it's the male, uh, the male chemical in the brain. Testosterone does two major things. It helps with the growth of muscle mass. And it enforces for you the social hierarchy you're in. A guy who gets pooped on by someone above him will just take it. Because you have to. If someone tries to punch up and you have a high level of testosterone, you will terrorize that poor fellow. You will insult, berate, joke around, clowning around, joshing around, whatever have you. And you will make him feel small in comparison to you. And that's the testosterone. If you allow a girl to get away with insulting you, then she has succeeded in saying that you are a guy who is smaller than her, not worth consideration. I'm not talking about social indignation. I'm talking about anthropological chemicals in our heads. Feminism, I love the idea of equality. But what about being equal but different? A man's power I understand, is pretending that he is strong. A woman's power is pretending that she is weak. There is a lot to that. Guys, we are not allowed uh, a social foundation. We tend to not have many social connections as is. We don't have any emotional support. That's why in old movies, it was the girl's job to provide emotional support. Because, yeah, he could just do it, but emotionally speaking, he's not there yet. Because there are doubts, there are misgivings, there's a lot of pressure out there, and without the re emotional reinforcement that women provide, a man can't do much on his own. It's a lot to raise a child. It's a lot to make a multinational company, especially if you don't do it on the day. 
you know. But having that emotional reinforcement of, yeah, you can do this, you got this. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with how women do it. That's part of the wonderful mystery of women. But they do it. And because a woman does her job, a guy can do his. It used to be said that behind every great man was a great woman. And that holds true. A woman's power is different from a man's. And I think what it comes down to as a man is we are natural weapons. You get these transvest... Sorry, I do not know the modern colloquial term, so excuse me. But transvestites, uh, men who have transitioned from male to being female, and they go in to these Olympic events and they compete on the woman's level with the body of a man. And they're like, oh, hey, I won this Olympic event. There's a reason for that. And the reason why there is talk, as far as, as far as I understand, of not allowing transsexual women, who were formerly men, to go and compete on the Olympic level with other women. For that reason alone, there's too much of a physical advantage. Also, there is a natural attraction a woman has towards a guy who can overpower her, but chooses not to. It's, uh... How, how do I say that? So, we have this idea in bondage uh, BDSM. It's bondage domination, sadomasochism, BDSM. We have this idea that it's normally a guy, and generally speaking, yeah, there's a lot of female dom dominators out there, but uh, the general idea is that it's a man, because that's the stereotype, that is the average. And stereotypes exist for a reason who goes out, picks a girl, says you're mine, and ties her up and does terribly wonderful things to her. And she enjoys it and goes, yes, sir. Thank you, daddy. Can I have another? Or uh, whatever brats say. That's the idea. That is what we think of doms. However, in reality, it is the submissive in the dom-submissive relationship who has the power because they choose to be there. They choose to have the relationship. They choose to say yes to being tied up and spanked, which is awesome. But that also tells me that it is the woman who generally has the power. The woman chooses to stick around. The guy can defend his territory and 
almost by a must, will. However, if he mistreats her, she will leave. And generally speaking, for guys, that is rather devastating. That is probably one of the biggest slaps in the face for any good-natured man to experience. Now, it does go both ways. The Dom has to go, okay, I consent to doing these things to you uh, as long as we build up said trust and we get to know each other and allow things to get that intimate. It's, uh, it's actually a beautiful dance. One, I do not have the honor to experience or know how is done. So, I hope I explained the idea on why men are natural weapons enough for people to understand. I covered a lot of um, sporadic information, which I will bring up again, time and time again, in other topics and designations. But I'm throwing all this out there so people can grasp it, can chew over the different bits and facts that all point to and support this idea that guys are weapons. We have a duty. Law, designations, boundaries, boundaries we can cross, we have the authority to cross, and boundaries we can't, because we don't have the authority to cross. Some boundaries are okay, some boundaries aren't. Men enforce those boundaries. And women tend to go after the boys who can jump those boundaries, who can see what they can get away with who fully explore the area of law, as opposed to uh, the social beta that listens to what society says and nothing else. No one respects that guy. We all want him to go away because we all naturally understand that the status quo that society works under is not in our individual best interests, which is one of the reasons why I started this podcast, to explore the basics of humanity, philosophy, and what it means to be a man in the modern day. Because we're knocked off our pedestal. Boys are not allowed recess anymore. I mean, second recess is destroyed. I'm sure that's a thing still. But uh, there are reasons why our sperm count is either half or one-third of our great-grandfathers. There's a reason why my generation has 40% less muscle mass than our fathers. And there's another reason why boys are so distinct in that we are depressed and we kill ourselves because we don't have a place in society anymore. Depression is very almost 
assured when our fathers do better than us that we can't overcome the shadow of our fathers either in a different way like a, a construction manager of a construction site and his son becomes a doctor they're on equal level of pay sure but they succeed in different realms today due to economy and thank you boomers and what you have done to us just now go in the corner my generation does not have the honor of being successful like any of our forefathers there's a reason why our recession is considered financially speaking worse than the depression if you graduated high school in 08 when the recession hit it's going to take you five years to even start your career and the psychological damage foundationally speaking from that is phenomenal it's insane i digress so i was closing this out like five minutes ago but i went on another tangent let me know if that's okay let me know if that's a thing this is my first podcast uh i'd ask you to be nice but i kind of want you guys to be critical and give me feedback on what you like what you don't like i understand i pause a lot in my conversation with you because i'm a human being and not a uh, radio show host who is a chair box and constantly talks like this without breathing or consideration of his next words thoughts or deeds which leads the world in a world of static noise with no real information so excuse me if i talk in a different manner than most i'd like to find a way to fill in the sound bites so you're not listening to that from time to time and just leave me some thoughts to chew over um so this is idle thoughts uh thank you for listening and well you might wonder why i do what i do and why i am so eclectic in knowing things and why do i have any authority to talk about the things i do without uh without citing sources or getting into the nitty-gritty of why or how i know these things well i say this to you I do this because I am.